talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. And welcome back to Christianity that messy is messy. Style. <laughs> <laughs> that messy Christianity. Weird. Messy Christianity. Brent and Kevin are here with me. I'm Jeff, and we are recording a, yet another podcast today. And we're going to talk about um, relationships a little bit. And really what makes relationships messy is the fact that it's people. <laughs> relationships are about people. They would be easy if it wasn't people that were involved. Um, and but but people are complex and complicated things. Um, there, there's no easy answer. It's not like we're we're you know in a widget factory and God just made mm. the same of, every, of of one thing. There's a crazy amount of diversity, mm. crazy amount of difference. Some of it caused, some of it intentional, some of it unintentional. I mean, just all of these things that go into relationships mm -hmm. because people are different. So we want to talk about that a little bit today yeah. um, because the majority of our job, I think we would agree, is about dealing with relationship struggles, whether yeah. it's with families, with individuals, with church as a whole. Yeah. It's just that that's the substance of, of what we do. And, and if you have another job, that's going to be where the difficulties lie. So let's talk about it. Um, well, I remember one of the phrases we've used many time and for many years. The, the hardest thing about ministry is the people. The people, yeah. And the best part we we would just we we'll just take that and uh, and apply that to the same situation. The hardest thing about relationship is the people. Yeah. There have been multiple times over the years where I've I've finished with a situation and gone, how in the world do they <laughs> see it like that? Like how in the world are they possibly seeing this? But. And the young, sarcastic us would have said, because they're just dumb. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> but now we're a little older and wiser. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I, I do think that the older we get and the more mature we get, both spiritually and emotionally mature, the more grace we give people, and we try to see it a little bit differently because we recognize that we see things through a particular lens. Mm -hmm. It's just the way we're wired. Why do we see things through particular lenses? What, what causes that? Okay, multiples. Sin, <laughs> yeah, entered the world, but our backgrounds, um, everybody, every single person is raised differently. Even you take a two brothers raised in the same household, they're even raised differently. Um, so our backgrounds. So how were you raised? Uh, that is a huge question. But yeah, like like what what is your what was if you had to to boil it down? Just okay, the the quick word. Good home, you know, mom and dad went to church. Uh, so basic you know, middle income kind of thing. Felt loved. So I'm coming from a um, upper, not not upper, but middle income, you know, raised to know right and wrong, disciplined, that kind of stuff. Not Mom a whole lot of conflict it. or? Um, no, I mean, typical family stuff, but no, not anything major, major. So Did you move around a lot? Moved around a whole lot. Dad was Navy, after, pastored for a year, a few years, and then became a Navy chaplain, so did quite a bit of moving. So yeah, and honestly, that's part of my, that's part of my shaping because, uh, you know, as a shy kid at first, and then you move every two years, you kind of learn. So that is a part of my personality as an extrovert. I can jump in any situation that maybe wasn't who I was in the beginning, but, um, so that, yeah, that's definitely shaped who I am and it's definitely shaped the lens I look at things through. So. You no, know, just dawned on me that in this room, all three of us grew up in households whose parents were married for their entire right. time. They they were never divorced. Yeah, you know, my mom died I don't know eight or ten years ago. And we're breaking the odds, right? Yeah, we really I mean, are because I was in a, a a class 
well, at some point. Yeah. And I remember being one of only two or three out of a class of 30 who didn't have a home with divorced parents. Right. I think that, that you know, whether, whether or not the marital relationship was was super strong or not, it, it still says something that there was yeah. a marriage that didn't, because we didn't have to be shuffled between mom and dad on the weekends. And right. uh, so many people are like that. I think that makes a difference it's just a, to a degree. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, my parents were married almost 40 years. Um, my dad met my mom. Uh, she was window shopping, and uh, he went out and said, you need to come in and buy a pair of shoes. I think he just wanted to touch her feet, personally. At least that's the, that's that's the rumor. It, it really yeah, is. It reminds me of Mr. Deeds. Can I touch your feet? Oh, my um, Why am I thinking about married with children right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably yeah. so. <laughs> Al Bundy. Al Bundy. That's, about, that's about it. So, so three months later, they were married, oh, and wow. almost 40 years of marriage. So... Um, we didn't have a whole lot of screaming and yelling. I mean, I, I can't really remember major conflict. We yeah. certainly had conflict. There's no perfect, per, not perfect. We didn't move around a lot, but we did move. We did make three very large moves. We moved to California. We moved to Miami. Then we moved to Pensacola. Yeah. Um, but that was that was kind of my upbringing. Uh, I was probably more on the naive side growing up. Um, I I did not see a lot of the evil in the world. It wasn't till college that I realized that. My father actually could be wrong. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like he just—he was never wrong in terms of I just had an extreme mm-hmm. amount of trust in him. Um, and then, of course, you, ha- you had to test the waters a little bit. And it, obviously, everybody's wrong at some point. I just—I I, yeah. just—I had a very naive view of things. Yeah. Um, and that—that that changed the way I perceive things too. I—I I remember not really confronting the reality of evil until college because I believe people were basically good. Mm. And then I saw some evil stuff and I go, ooh. That's it, a whole worldview shift. That's a right whole there. worldview mm-hmm. shift. It, it rocked my world a little yeah. bit. I mean, I never went off the deep end on it, but I remember being mm-hmm. being shaken on it. Yep. So, so sorry. backgrounds, traditions, our families. Um, I think we should say what makes us all different or something. Yeah. But. Yeah. Uh, so personalities. Our personality, yeah. Who we are, who we're created how we were created, you know. And that, that brings the old question of um, uh, nature versus nurture, <laughs> right? Yeah. How many, how many of us are who we are because of nature? How many of, are of us, or how much of us is who it is because of nurture? Mm-hmm. And it really is a both and. Yeah, it's both. I think we would agree with be. that. Yeah. But the personality is something that is instinctive, mm-hmm. something that is, that is inside of you. I believe that God creates us to be. Mm-hmm. I think He is the author of the diversity within us. Um, but personality differs so much, doesn't it? Every every single one, it's like a fingerprint. Everyone is completely different. And even if you know you had two personalities that were almost identical, you put those same ter- two personalities in two different situations, and now they're going to come out looking completely different. You yeah. take my personality, but then raise me in Guatemala. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm a different person, right? I mean, so it's 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 demographics, it's all this stuff, and it makes it interesting and fun to try to relate to each other. You know, uh, you mentioned it earlier in passing, but I think that um, that socioeconomic yeah. status makes a difference as well. Because, like you said, if you take a if you take a person who who's ris- who, who raises who, who's been raised risen, raised yeah in yeah. poverty yeah. They're going to have a different view of things, and you take right. than a person who's raised with a silver spoon in their mouth. Yeah. Same personalities, yeah. but vastly different worldviews or experience. 
Yeah. Well, and that's another one, experience. Oh, yeah. Because I, I don't know if we mentioned that, but but especially if it's a, a major experience, somebody that has a major traumatic or a big experience, that's, that's going to shape a lot of stuff too. Um, and you're talking about experience, like your whole experience, like your life, but, but all those experiences, they kind of pile together. You know, if somebody loses, you know, a child loses a mom when they're eight years old, that, that's dramatic. That, that's going to influence a lot of stuff there. Yeah. You take a person who has multiple deaths in their, in their life, yeah. a grandma, a grandpa, a mom, a dad, yeah. a child, a brother, a sister, and you start stacking those up, that will change a person to where they're potentially living in fear of, okay, who's next? I mean, right. you talk about a dark cloud. Yeah. You could easily become... Um, or even, you know, may not necessarily lose somebody, but but, but somebody that is... Um, they have a dad that's really, really tough on them that, that they can't ever get the approval from. You know, that's going to definitely influence who they are for the rest of their life. I mean, they're always going to seek dad's approval. So somebody that's abused. Yeah. You know, I mean, these are, these are. Now let's also make a a blanket statement here that just because you were raised in certain negative environments does not mean that you will keep that the rest of your life. If you have the opportunity to identify and uh, you know, walk through a healing process, right. whether that be simply through acknowledgement of who Jesus is and the acceptance of Him, maybe also counseling and and life itself. There, there are, and again, another general statement: there are no circumstances in life that are not do not have the potential of becoming overcome through a relationship with Jesus. And that's, and that's part of the foundation of our faith, yeah. that Jesus changes everything. The, the abuse, the, the negativity, the neglect, it does form the negative forms as much as the positive forms. But as the positive gives growth, the negative seems to minimize and, and cause things to wilt. But Jesus can be or is the life spring that brings life back into those situations mm-hmm. that allow us to be able to overcome them. Yeah, that's a great point. Nobody's condemned to be a certain thing no. or to think a certain way based on their past, based on their experience, based on their uh, personality. You know, every every day's new. The Bible tells us that there his that God's mercies are new every morning, and He's always at work in us. He's always completing that which He started. So um, there is a lot of hope. Some people just have a harder road than others. But, Correct. But the you know the original question: relationships yes. and why are they so tough? So, just a hypothetical situation: if you have somebody that's raised and they they are trying to to, to prove something, you know, because they they is a deep need to 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 be approved for approval, but then they meet uh, let's say a relationship like a married couple, but. Um, they meet somebody who um, that feeds that, that that all they want to do is just be loved, you know. So it, it can be a a bad relationship because it one is feeding the others approval. You know, does that make yeah. sense? Don't they call and that it, codependency? Codependency, yeah. <laughs> and so it's it's never really been dealt with, and now that's a married couple. But but you put that in a in a room full of people, and it it can get really. I mean, it's easy to see how this big pot of stew, I think you called it yesterday, yeah. is is very, very complicated that uh, y- you can be actually feeding 
something inside of somebody else that doesn't need to be fed. It actually needs to be dealt with, and they can be doing the same for you as well. And 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 here's the tricky part I think about relationships is, and every one of us, every everybody got issues. All right, everybody got issues. Everybody's got issues on the table. But um, when we when we compensate for our issues, sometimes it makes us feel better in the flesh and in the moment, but it's actually just a temporary salve and it's, it's not really helping. It's not really healing. It's just, uh, okay, I'm in charge or whatever. You know what I'm saying? You should think about being a counselor. I want to be a counselor. <laughs> you hear that? Stuff. If you have problems, come see Kevin. You He'll know be what? a counselor. Do I'm, I'm serious. Like that, that's, I may have not wanted to say that. You but, know, I send everybody who needs do. marriage counseling to you the best that's, I can. Right. I'm like, I'm okay. He's really good. <laughs> well, you know. I, I don't have the patience, I don't think. No, that's not real true. No. Um, so so complicated relationships. My gosh. If we could if we could give like a, a streamline advice to how do you how do you start to have better relationships? What would we give? I think I would start by saying learn yourself first. Yeah. Because you know start there. We have to start with us. We can't control the other person, but we can control us. We can identify our own strengths, our own weaknesses, our own biases, yeah. um, you know, our own tendencies. And if if we have a self awareness, that's we we've just exponentially moved the ball down the field towards a successful relationship with other people. And, and continuing that, Brent, I'm sorry, I'll let you jump in. Yeah. I keep jumping in quickly. Um, in continuing that, I, I think as you're exploring yourself and figuring out that. It, for me, it's take myself less seriously. Yeah, you know, it's sure. like, you know, really tell me you're not that big a deal. You know, yeah. in the grand scheme of things. If you need people to remind you, we can do that. Well, I appreciate that. But, <laughs> you know, and, and a good dose of humility yeah. from others is helpful. But a good dose of humility from yourself is really helpful to just go, you know what? But not too much not, that, not, it, that it degrades yourself. Yeah, that's a, that would be a fake humility to well, me. That's, but I think some people have... I hear what you're saying. I don't yeah. disagree with that necessarily. But I think some people... Think of themselves yeah, so lowly that they don't recognize the value that God has already placed in them. Yeah, I can be, I can have a pile of self-esteem and confidence and still be humble at the same time, and yeah. that's that's the that's the that's the spot we need to be in, like you know, whatever that means. But. Well, it's kind of that balance, not to be self-righteous, but not to be self-condemning. Yeah. yeah. What, what what is that happy medium? Yeah. You know, it's funny when you listen to some of the church fathers. I'm such a worm. I'm a, uh, you know, I'm scum of the earth. And I and I know what they're com- they're where they're coming from. And, and that's that's Chief not of all a, sinners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. a it's not an unbiblical thing. But yeah. I think it can get to the point where it's almost like. Uh, well, I tell you what. Um, one of my children really has no idea how valuable. They, I say no idea. They have they have. They have a, a less of an understanding of their giftedness than mm. everybody else sees, mm-hmm. and it's like you're always trying to convince them. No, really, you are you are good, yeah. you know. And, and it's and as a father, you're going, wait a minute, how can you not see yeah. the, the 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 brilliance and the beauty in you? Um, and mm. I think that God, the Father, probably looks at us in the same way, going, mm-hmm. would you stop? minimizing what I've yeah. put inside of you. Yeah. Because just as being arrogant is, is wrong, yeah. self-deprecating is, or is that to say that yeah, right? Yeah, because you're not talking about yourself. You're actually yeah. talking about the creation that God made. Yeah. You're, you're really putting God down. And it's, so, and it's also, but part of that comes from the lens of, um, of comparison. Yeah, yeah. That's if, true. That's um, true. If I'm holding myself up, 
I don't know which child you're talking about, but that child has two siblings, okay? And and the majority of people that, that would be listening either have siblings or parents or you know, whoever that they're comparing themselves to. Children compare themselves to parents. Parents compare themselves to mm-hmm. others in their neighborhood, others in their occupation. And when, when we start looking at that and we feel like we don't compete, we don't adhere, we don't equate to what we see evident in other people, then that self-condemnation, I'm just not worthy, I'm not good enough, builds up, and and then that affects the relationships with other mm-hmm. people as well. You know, a lot of our lives, we're, we as people, we're, we're, we want to accomplish something. There's this drive, we want purpose, and that's, that comes from a good place. I mean, God has made us to want to have purpose and everything, but even bigger than that, I think, you know, if we really look down the greatest commandment, you know, to love the glory of God, and but then love your neighbors yourself. I mean, that's what relationships are about. It's like we put this like big objective up front, and <laughs> it's almost like we need to pull back sometimes and go. Before we get the big objective, let's get the the main purpose here. Let's love those around us. Let's let's really reproduce love in our lives. And that's something. I mean, just it's it's hard. It's hard in our society. It's hard in our world to to remember that. Yeah, love is a beautiful thing. Love is a wonderful thing. Yeah. Wonderful thing. Um, so what? So what would we say to somebody who just has uh, relationship after relationship after relationship that's toxic or broken? Okay. If this is the counselor, if you've had relationship after relationship <laughs> after relationship, what is the only toxic, common denominator? <laughs> common denominator. <laughs> no, that that's no, not because yeah. that that's not always the case, but. You said it earlier. Let's let's look like let's look inward. Let's look and see what you can do, and and it it quite possibly is that this person is looking for something in somebody else that somebody else can't even give them that they need to heal on the inside. I start there, and, and you know it might be too that that the broken relationships are simply amplified in the person's own mind. I mean, they mm-hmm. they might be forgetting the 99 good relationships yeah. because the one that's broken that has exploded has been so messy or whatever. And and I think that some perspective is really helpful on this to not be over condemning but mm-hmm. also not to be over uh accepting. I mean there there really is a middle ground. And, and begs the question, are there are there are there relationships that should be broken? Well, if it's toxic, I would say absolutely I would say yes. Too. I would say yes as well. There that doesn't some... mean you don't love them, right? But yes, but I would say so as well. I think what's the Jim Rohn? Is that the guy that did the business stuff? Or I think he's the guy that said I it. He, he was said, a sports guy. Jim Rome is Jim Rohn. Oh, is, yeah, yeah, business gotcha. guru. I think he's the guy that said it. But he said, um, "You are the median of the five people closest to you." Wow, and that's that's powerful. I mean, that's not biblical necessarily in the Bible, but but I think we could make the point that show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Um, if if that is truth, and there may be some truth in that, if you are the median of the five people closest to you, those five are very, very important. And so then there's levels of relationship too. There's the people who are in your, your inner five or your inner three. Uh, Jesus did that himself. Or there are and then there's the, the we've been talking about this a lot lately, the, the medium circle, the bigger circle. There's there's different levels of relationships. Um, and each one of those levels bring a different level of uh, intimacy or, or, you know, I don't know, vulnerability. 
Another question to consider is what are your expectations from relationships? Hmm. Because if you have unrealistic expectations, then you're going to be let down. They're not going to be affirmed. Right. You're going to have issues. So, and I know as you were just saying, Kevin, about the different circles and the different intimacy levels, each there's not a, a one answer for everything, right. for every situation or every relationship when it comes to expectations. But are, are some of the hurt relationships because of unrealistic expectations on one side or the other? Maybe it's from the other person. And the reason it's toxic or not working is because of their unrealistic expectations, which there's not a whole lot you can do about that. But the self-reflection of wh- what are the expectations that I have? Uh, you know, talking about dealing with relationships, but re- broken relationships with, with family that's mm-hmm. 20, 30, 40 years in the making. Uh, how much of that do I allow as an individual? Do I, do I have to let go and just accept the person as who they are? Yeah. And just know that it it is what it is. I I can't. So so as you were talking about earlier, Kevin, about the about the son or the daughter who's looking for dad's approval. Mm-hmm. At some point, yeah. if you're going to get over that, then you have to get to the point of I'm not going to get dad's approval, and I'm okay because I've got yeah. I've got my true right. dad's approval That's in right. Jesus and through through God the Father. Right. If if I'm able to to bridge that gap then the realistic expectation is God gives the approval and yeah. is the only one that I need to seek approval from, and I don't have unrealistic expectations that my earthly parental unit or earthly mm-hmm. spouse or whoever it is that we're dealing with yeah. is, is, can give me something that they just cannot do. Yeah. I hear all the time people who talk about toxic parents. That's a popular word nowadays. Anyway. Toxic? What, toxic? Toxic. It seems to be a popular word. Yeah, word like lately, a buzzword. But... Well, yeah. but I think there's a lot of truth to it. I do too. You know, and, and I'm talking about our age people yeah. whose parents are just... just um, uh, up in your business? <laughs> yeah, up in your business, but opinionated yeah. and, and still want to run your life and just yeah. negative and all those kinds of things. And and it's amazing how a forty five year old or a fifty year old still is yeah. bothered by not that they shouldn't be, but I mean it's controlling them. Yeah, controlling yeah. right, right, and it and right. it makes a difference in their decisions. It makes a difference in how much sleep they get. Yeah. Um. And you know, it's not fair to me to make a judgment on that because I didn't have that. But at the same time, there is part of the truth that says at some point you, you gotta. Get over it, and that—that's a horrible way to say it. Not really get over it as much as it is to find, make peace with it, and recognize that that's not you. Yeah. If and, you've done what you can do, that's on the parent. And, and the Bible does talk about you know like generational strongholds, mm-hmm. and it may not even—it's—it's it's from them, but it's from them from their parents and from and how many how many lines a generation has this stuff just been passed down, and somebody at some point has to be the one that. That breaks it, you know, and yeah. maybe that's you. you know? Well, that's an issue of boundaries. At the end yes, of the day, yes. it's about boundaries. Saying, "Look, yeah. and and I love this because boundaries tell me what I'm responsible for and who I'm responsible to. Yeah. And and I've got to realize that you know this is my fence. Right. You cannot you cannot come across my fence right. without me allowing you to. Right. You stay outside the fence all you want, but once you come across, it, this is my yard. I tell you what to do here. Not the other way around. Maybe some people in some emotional makeups and personalities see that as see see boundaries as being like, um, you know, I don't love them anymore, or and, and it's not. But that's mm-hmm. but I can see how that's harder for some people than other people. You know, just the, the whole act of saying, okay, mom, dad, here's the rules. <laughs> you know, that's very hard for some people to do. 
Because they see that as a, a defiance or something. Well, there's uh, a lot of manipulation from parents that goes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, unhealthy parents. Yeah, unhealthy. They'll, they'll manipulate and place the emotional guilt, um, which I, I cannot comprehend that for the life of me. Cannot comprehend how, how a person could do that to their adult child. But it happens all yeah. the time. Now, I, I do want to flip the coin just a little bit here, though, because... <clears throat> Definitely, there's toxic relationships everywhere. There's homes, there's work environment, there's toxic everywhere. We hear it all the time. However, not everything that's labeled toxic is necessarily toxic. So Good point. at some point, we do have to ask ourselves, it could be that the person that's so easily labeled, or they're just a toxic person, they may actually be your best friend. <laughs> they're just the only one that's actually said something to you to, to really help. You know, like now that you got to weigh all that out because are they genuinely, do they care? Are they packaging and then they care? I don't know. But just because, I'm just saying this because the people that rub us the wrong way could be the people, the very people that God has put in our lives to help us. So Doesn't Proverbs say wounds from a friend? Yes. Um, I can't remember the rest of it, but it's a good thing. Yeah, like you're, good, like yeah, you're yeah, supposed to receive heals, a wound right. from a friend. Yeah. Well, um, relationships are tough, but I think the more self-aware we are, and the more grace-filled we are, um, yeah, I really do believe the key is to to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit in our life mm-hmm. towards other people. And as we do that, you know, let people let people respond. And like you're talking about expectations, we cannot be best friends with everyone. Jesus had three people; right. he Horses. spent the most time, but he really had one who was. The, the disciple that Jesus loved, mm-hmm. you know, was Jesus playing favorites? Well, no, it's just that's the nature of relationships. And then he had 12 altogether, one of which was a, was a snake. Mm-hmm. And I, so I'm just going back and saying, okay, if, if this is the way Jesus lived, if this, if this was his right. relationship structure, right. maybe, there's, maybe there's something human to that that we ought to And then we know recognize. even within those, there was division even oh, yeah. within those guys. So. Yeah, which one of us will be the greatest, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you might hear this in a sermon someday. Yeah, so. well, but it's true. It, expectations. Um, best thing I've heard though in the last couple of weeks is this: um, it's okay to have really, really close fin- friends, but always leave an extra seat at the table, hmm. so that you are close friends, but you also have room for somebody else, yeah. um, because then you're open toward to, to somebody else being a part of your right. life. Right. Um, you know, it's a whole echo chamber thing. We. Sometimes the greatest friends are the ones who think totally different than us. I have a I have a cousin. Actually, it's not a cousin. It's a it's the wife of my cousin, mm. and she's great. I wish she lived locally. We would have so much fun together. We are opposite in so many ways, but I love talking to her. She's so fun because she's like just this blunt, mm-hmm. tell you like it is. But I never have to wonder what she's thinking, yeah. and she can take it as much as she dishes it out. Like I can tell her, you're an idiot, mm-hmm. and she'll be like, "Thanks, you're an idiot too." Right. But but you know what I'm saying? We're, we say it's it, okay. you know, yeah. yeah, it's a good yeah. thing. Um, man, I just I love having somebody like that in my life mm-hmm. because she shows me a different side of of the world. The world, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. And yeah. we agree on a lot of stuff yeah. too. But it's just this, it's a good thing. So hopefully, people will make friends and and make friendships the most valuable thing in their life. Yes. Learn uh, from learn from other people. People learn, over stuff. Yes. Absolutely. 
Love God. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Love people. Sounds like a good plan. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> we ought to make a sign that says we something like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. It could be like a catchphrase or something. Maybe we could probably sell it to churches all across the country. We probably could. If there was a purpose. Wait, love God, love people. Yeah. Have a purpose? Brent, <laughs> <laughs> you want to rescue us from this? Let's <laughs> <laughs> write a book. Oh, man. All right. So much more that could be said. However, we are going to end this at a mere 28 minutes and 7 seconds. Thank you so much for listening to Messy Christianity. We do appreciate your uh, your time. And just a reminder, we are three pastors who are just trying to figure out life, trying to be obedient to Jesus, be good fathers and husbands and neighbors and friends. And um, we, we haven't figured it out, but we are doing our very best to just be obedient to Christ. So that's our hope for you too. Messy Christianity. We talk about faith, life, and everything else. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. Three guys talking about life, faith, and everything in between. Want to know more? Check us out at www.storypointchurch.com or www.messychristianity.com.